0: Uh, Well, Pastor Gary, thanks for reading the Gospel lesson for us this morning, and I really appreciate that you didn't read the little uh, introduction that's printed in your bulletin, because that's exactly part of the points I'm going to make in a second here. So if you want to look ahead, you can read that little introduction, and it'll spoil it all for you, or you can just listen to my story, because I do have a story I want to share. Yesterday... I was out enjoying the beautiful Colorado weather. We had such a great time, my family. We went over to some friend's house yesterday afternoon who we hadn't seen in a while, who we just love to spend time with. And they have a young uh, son who loves to play with our kids. So the kids are all playing and the grown-ups are having adult conversation, which is such a novelty it seems these days for me. And it was just really wonderful. Our friends had just put in a new patio in their backyard. So they wanted to show it off and it was beautiful. We're cooking on the grill, just enjoying the, the the perfect weather there wasn't a lot of wind but it wasn't too hot it was just perfect and, and I was just struck by what a blessing to, to be there that day to get to enjoy all of this and so I'm thinking now about this reading from John's Gospel and, and wondering if maybe the disciples felt the same way like just what a holy important moment that they were getting to be a part of at that time we have to remember this reading from John 13 takes place when the disciples are together to have the Passover feast together. Now, the Passover feast was a big holiday, a really important moment, and so that must have felt really special for the disciples, to be there with Jesus, who they'd followed around for three years, enjoying this great moment. And then Jesus gives them a new commandment, and they're like, wow, we haven't had a new commandment since Moses, like 4,000 years ago. It must have felt really, really special. But I'm telling you all this because you can see how special it all feels. But now back to my afternoon yesterday, in the midst of all this joy and just appreciating everything, my phone starts to blow up with lots of different text messages from different people. And that's when I found out about the shooting that had happened in Buffalo, New York. For those who don't know, my family lived in Buffalo for eight years. I served a church there for five of those years. Two of our children were born in that city. We still have lots of friends and family who called that town home. And so this news, tragic and horrible, also hit literally very close to home for me. And so suddenly this joyous, beautiful, wonderful day that I was enjoying had this weird tinge of tragedy and sadness. And I wonder, thinking about the gospel reading with the disciples, if it was similar for them, this joyous, incredible moment. But if you read what happens before this is that Judas gets up from the table to go and betray Jesus. And then, if you read a little later, after this commandment is given, Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him. And then, of course, we know the next day Jesus will die on the cross. And so this joyous moment is surrounded by denial and betrayal and death. Kind of like my afternoon yesterday was joyous and wonderful, and then suddenly surrounded by tragedy. And so, Gary, I'm just wondering, I want to ask you, like, how are we to live out this command to love one another when our lives constantly fluctuate between the joyous and the tragic it seems at a moment's notice i think that's what was happening with the disciples as you pointed out
1: and maybe what we would realize when we have those events that enter into our lives that cause such distress is we have to hear the very words of jesus to his disciples in the midst of that supper As Jesus was about to give the commandment he did not say to the people now listen up I got something really important to tell all of you grown men who are gonna go out and do all of this instead Jesus addresses this this group of disciples who've been with him through so much He looks at them and says little children. That's how he addresses them little children Now in scripture that can be a term of great endearment which i think we would also want to see because we would probably do that with our own children or others who are around us who are part of our family we would uh, we would invite them into our conversation saying little children we hear that little children come to me all of that but i also wonder if in some way jesus wasn't letting his disciples know that they don't always have to have it all put together, that they might be facing circumstances that are a little bit beyond them, that they might say, Jesus, going to the cross, seeing that, they might think, as grown adults, we should be jumping in, stopping, having some way to go about that, and maybe Jesus is... In a sense, giving them this little blessing. Little children, you're gonna face things out in the world that you don't always know about. Don't think you always have to have all the answers. Don't think you always have to have everything put together. Because what Jesus was telling them in the midst of that is Jesus will always be there to strengthen them, mm-hmm. that you always have a place to turn when Jesus can be with you. And maybe more importantly is to remembering, as Jesus gives this command to his little children about loving one another, is they're gonna be sent out into challenging times, but not sent out alone always knowing they have the strength of Jesus as, as they're sent.
0: Yeah, I, I like what you're talking about there because I'm also reminded of how Jesus gives the commandment. He doesn't just say, hey, love one another. There's that second piece, love one another as I have loved you. And so it's, it's almost like Jesus is kind of joining us and saying like, hey, I've, I've shown you how to do this. Mm-hmm. I, want, I will continue to show you how to do this and use that as your inspiration. Use that as your model for living as a person who is loving in very difficult times and situations. It's really helpful, I think, to to recognize that the stories of Jesus are, are meant as these powerful reminders to us, that Jesus shows us what love looks like. And that we can come back to those stories again and again that that's meant to be again our inspiration so that we can live out this very difficult command in the midst of a very difficult world the way i like to talk about it sometimes is to say that we need to get in touch with the character of god again and again and to kind of remind and discover through reading our bibles through worship through conversation what god is like What God has done before, what God will do again in the future, to use that understanding of who God is as our guide for then who we should be and how we should live. And I think right that Psalm 148 really does a good job of helping us get in touch with the character of God.
1: I think it does, in the same way that Psalm 148 kind of parallels the creation story from the first chapter of Genesis, as we start realizing that the character of God is also built on relationship. And so we see that as we know that creation story has some kind of order and rhythm to it, so does Psalm 148. You, you look at that as I as I go back and um, look at that psalm, I don't know where it is, somewhere in all this mess, um, <laughs> that the first six verses are kind of those first couple of days of creation. They're kind of ethereal, they're that that heavenly sort of creation that comes with that. But then it goes a little bit deeper, verses seven to 10 talk about the world around us more, the, the plants, the animals, all of that that happens. Even throwing in there the fire and hail and we all got to say tempestuous. You don't get to say that in church every day, so what a great line that we got to read together. But it sort of lets us know that part of creation is beautiful and wonderful and part of creation is still a little chaotic that's, yeah. a, that's don't forget out there. the sea that's monsters, right? Oh, the, sea monsters, thanks for the, sea monsters. the sea monsters are yeah. all there as well. And when we get all of that laid out then people enter into the equation. starts out sovereigns of the earth, princes and rulers and it makes it sound like okay well that's not gonna be me and then this beautifully inclusive verse 12. Young men and maidens, old and young. Ah but there's another word. Young men and maidens, old and young together Together and I think that's where it comes together This rhythm takes us to a place where we're not fully praising God until we know we're doing it together and so that's a part of understanding that That even as we have the world that seems somewhat ordered that we know that there's still some chaos that exists but nothing that can't be overcome when we see ourselves doing it together. Together. The inclusive nature of this Psalm 148 allows us to see that we are an integral part of how that
0: that creative experience of God is gonna play out. Yeah, that together piece seems really, really valuable and important to highlight because we've been talking about just how difficult this commandment is. Love one another as, as Jesus has loved us. That's a hard task by itself. And then you throw in all the complicated situations in the world that we have to live through. And the fact is that we can't do this alone, right? The call of Jesus is too much and too difficult for one person to attempt all by themselves, And that's why we do it together, together every single week. And you just look at what we do as a congregation when we gather for worship together every week. It's this same idea that we've been talking about of getting in touch with who God is and the character of God. We come together for worship, and the prayers, and the songs, and the readings, and, fingers crossed, hopefully the sermon, (laughs) remind us what God is like, and what God has done for us. And then, we're sent back out into that crazy, gnarly world that is out there to live as people who love their neighbor. And it's this really beautiful rhythm that governs our life as the church and has been governing the life of the church forever. And one of the things that I love, the the way I like to talk about it, Jesus has this simple phrase, right? Love one another as I have loved you. That's very simple. And and maybe it's because I'm a millennial, but I wanted to shorten it (laughs) even more and make it more snappy. The way I like to talk about it is to say that we are to know love and show love. That our our job as Christians is to know the love of God in our life and to remind ourselves of that love and then to show that love to others. When I think about Bethany Lutheran Church, this community that we get to be a part of together, we do a really good job of even setting up our ministry to live into this rhythm. Not just through worship, but think about this. We have these four committees that kind of govern all of ministry at Bethany. We have a worship and faith formation committee. And you think about what a worship and a faith formation committee will do. Well, they'll help us know the love of God a little bit better. They'll remind us of the love of God through those practices. But then we have two other committees. We have a hospitality and an outreach committee, which really are two groups that are trying to show that love to the people who enter this space and show the love to the world around us. So this is the rhythm that we've been living under, even without even realizing, I never put together (laughs) that my snappy little phrase fit perfectly with the ministry structure of Bethany, but I really love that it does.
1: And not only that, but as you think about, we we even live into that rhythm even as we gather for worship. So we might say in this space, we realize we hear the events that happen out there in the world and this truly can feel sometimes like sanctuary. This can feel like a place where we can escape for a time that things that are out in the world that are just messy, that the chaos that's a natural part really of the world, sometimes this gives us that little bit of escape where we can just immerse ourselves in God's love. The interesting thing, though, after we do that, the, the, the kids go to children's church, and all of this happens on a Sunday morning, is we get to the end of the worship service. And we have this little phrase that we use almost every Sunday. We change it up a little bit in Lent, and we get cutesy other times. But most of the time, we have this little phrase at the end of worship when everyone is ready, and we say, go in peace, serve. The Lord, as you said, know love and show love. It's when we serve the Lord that we're really showing that love. But what we're really saying to you at that point is get out into the messiness. You've spent time in sanctuary, but the world's not a perfect place. But love, when it enters into chaos, somehow brings peace. And so we want you to know that in your hearts, and if we know that collectively, we choose, we actually choose to enter into the world's chaos, we choose to enter into the mess because we know that that's where Jesus sends us. Mm -hmm. Jesus sends us sometimes into the most challenging of places because that's where God's love needs to be made known the most. And so it's very interesting about that and sometimes if i would say at the end of the service now get out of here and get into the world's messiness i'm not sure that you would respond the way that you do so we put it this really nice liturgical phrase for you so it sounds really joy-filled when we see go in peace serve the lord and you get to respond thanks be to god now if i would say you've had a great time here you've been in sanctuary now get out into the world's mess Would you all go, thanks be to God? But you know, (laughs) you would. You would because you would be saying, Jesus has called me, Jesus has called us to take something into the world that only people like you can take. Only people like you can take the love of Jesus in a way that could actually transform lives. For that, we are eternally grateful that God calls us into the world's messiness, that we can be the very people who make God's love known. And so we will again, at the end of the service, invite you out with joy and blessedness to serve the Lord. Amen.